Welcome to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, a podcast about navigating adolescence without losing our minds. Each week, I guide you around the teenage landmines with practical tips, simple solutions, and words of encouragement. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Let's get on with the show. Welcome back, amazing parents. Have you ever experienced the frustration of watching your teenager prioritize everything but what you believe is important? Are you trapped in a cycle of endless power struggles trying to motivate them to do what they need to achieve their potential, but they just don't want to do it? Then this episode is for you. Today, I'm joined by Jason Cole, a seasoned author and a respected figure in the world of sports. With eight books under his belt, including the intriguing Shut Up, Your Kid Is Not That Great, and firsthand experience raising two teen boys of his own, Jason is here to provide a candid take on how some of our well-intentioned parenting approaches can end up smothering our children and actually prevent them from developing the critical skills they need to succeed. So let's figure out what we can do instead. Welcome, Jason. Thank good you to be here. Me. What's going on? Yeah, so good to hear you and see you and um, learn from you. So let's start with a quick backstory. Um, what inspired you, first of all, to write this book, which I love the take of it because it's kind of snarky and just let's get candid. <laughs> Yeah, well, because I'm talking to parents. I'm not yeah. talking to kids. And you can be snarky with parents because they're old enough to get it. Um, the, the genesis of the book is this. I was talking with my agent, and he's raising kids who are probably, when we talked about this, they were probably 10 or 11 at the time. They're probably 12 or 13 at this point. Um, and he was talking about, D, he was coaching their youth basketball team. And he said the worst part was dealing with the parents oh. and they would be concerned with everything, including the fact that like at one point, you know, these one, this one set of parents was complaining because they were about to play in a championship game and one team had an hour extra of rest time before they played in the game. And a lot of them were complaining, why did they get the hour extra? And so I'm like, they're kids. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Shut up just let them play they'll yeah. be fine and you're worried about this is you know 10 year old basketball league at like the ymca or where you know the jewish community center or wherever they're playing right you know be quiet they don't care they just want to play they want to go have a good time they you know yeah some of the kids want to win and that's fine but they also want to just go get pizza after the game yeah. um, or whatever it happens to be so let them go enjoy it and don't make a big issue out of who gets what or who has a little advantage go enjoy the activity because the way that they're actually going to keep playing is if they actually enjoy it if they don't enjoy it if you come in there with all of your theories and competitiveness and worries about you know who got the extra hour or didn't you know whatever it happens to be they're going to stress over it, not like it right You're sucking gonna, all the fun out of it Right. It's supposed to be fun. And yes, there's a competitive element to it. And if they if they love that competitive element, they'll keep playing and that's fine. And then there's, you know, there's a time when it can be super competitive. It, it, you can even give awards at that level. There's nothing wrong with giving trophies to people who win the championship or do th something special, as long as you're continuing to make it fun for everybody who's playing. Yeah. And that's that's the key to this whole thing. Make and I, 
and sometimes we'll confuse that and think, oh, it's everything's just supposed to be giving ribbons and trophies. There's a little bit of that, but there's also a little rewarding also of the better of the better ones who are in are in the activity. So you can balance the two. Yeah. Let's get a little bit into the psyche because I know talking to parents a lot, there's a lot of pressure on us as parents and you're a parent, I'm a parent. There's a lot of pressure on us for our kids to succeed. And we feel like that's our responsibility to ensure they succeed. How does that mentality, which is kind of pounded in us, get in our way of actually helping our kids? It's their life. Yeah. It belongs to them. And they have to, our job as parents is to find what are they passionate about? Like, I love football. Neither one of my kids love football. Okay. Neither one of them ever really wanted to play. They didn't want to, you know, they, they tried in the little youth leagues and it wasn't for them. And that's perfectly fine. Okay. And I accepted that. They didn't really like baseball either. They eventually found their way into crew, mm -hmm. which I knew nothing about. And I think that part of the reason that they liked crew so much by the time they get to high school is that I didn't know anything about exactly. it. Exactly. I was right? going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I realized that and I would stay out of the way. You know, I showed up and I cooked the hamburgers and I, you know, made the food for everybody and I cheered for them. But I can't tell you bow from stern. I can't tell you, you know, what an eight versus uh, a, a a quad is, you know, like, I don't know which boats are which. And I kind of intentionally didn't want to know. Yeah. I just want to know, are they safe in the activity? Are they enjoying it? Is the coaching, you know, good? Can I help, you know, can I help them get better, better coaching somehow to the extent that I even know that? And, you know, go have a good time, go row yeah. fast. And my kids enjoy it. You know, one was a captain, the other one did well during his career, won, won the state, all those kinds of things. But that wasn't me. That was them doing it. It was them putting in the work to get that return. Yeah. So how do we toe the line of being that supportive parent and wanting to be involved and show our kids that we're there for them and we want to make sure that they're pushing and not being, you know, we worry that our kids aren't trying hard enough. How do we be that encouragement to push them through the hard times? without getting to the point where we're now taking ownership of it and it becomes our sport that they have to do for us, which is really frustrating because now we're trying to puppet master, right? You do it this way because that's how I want you to do it versus how do we support them, but you know, still show interest, but not so much that we're now smothering them and taking over for them. Um, I think there are things that you have to do to read your kids and you have to test them a little bit some, somewhere along the line. You know, read them. Are they actually, you know, playing hard? Because um, the most important thing to me was, you know, were you playing hard? Were you trying? Were you giving it your best kind of thing? You know, when my kids, whether they play basketball or soccer or whatever they happen to do, were they trying as hard as they could? And can you encourage them to do better when they're not? Or are they just shutting you out? Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I remember when my oldest was in high school and going through classes and, you know, he's a good student. He was doing really well. But the one class that he had a hard time with was his English class. Mm -hmm. And I sat there in the car one time and I said, look, I can't help you in history anymore because most of it I've forgotten. I can't help you in calculus. Most of it's gone. My, you know, I can't help help you in your physics class. I never even took physics in high school. Right. 
I, I can't do any of these things. But the one thing that I can help you with is English, mm -hmm. right? Why aren't you asking me for help? Yeah. And I, and it was a conversation like, okay, why? And he smiled and he laughed and eventually he would bring his papers to me. So it was a little bit of a test. Yeah. The other test is, you know, when my kids were old enough, okay, you got to get yourself to practice. You know, how are you going to do it? Are you going to call a friend? Are you going to drive yourself? Are you going to ask me? Because that tested, do they really want to do it? Yeah. Is it important enough to them to go out and do it? And I, I remember having this conversation with this one mom and her son was really disappointed after a race because he didn't do well and all this other stuff. And he was really ticked off and she was trying to, she was trying to make him feel better. And, you know, she was doing the mother or dad thing of trying, you know, soothe it. And I said, let it be mm -hmm. to her. And I said, he's upset because it's important to him. Yeah. Okay. And that's okay. If yeah. it's important to him, he'll keep doing it. He'll keep, he'll keep chasing it. Um, it's all right, but you have to find little moments along the way to test your kids to see whether it's important enough and to talk to them about the actual activity, not foist yourself into the middle of it. And I know it's a really delicate balance. I, it requires a lot of thinking. It requires a lot of measuring and talking to people and including talking to your kids. When a lot of the time, look, we're all tired and we just want to cut to the chase and just tell our kids, do this, right? Or right. tell or tell the coach, my kid should be playing here, right? You know, you want to do all that. I'm sorry, it's harder work than that. And that's why I say, you know, shut up. Your kid's not that great. You know, don't expect that they're the star every single time, that they're the dominant, you know, feature and that you need to make sure that everybody knows that. You need them to establish themselves that way yeah. in whatever activity it eventually ends up being. Yeah, I, I think it's hard for parents to realize that the majority of our kids are average because that's what average means. And every parent wants their kid to be the star, the special, the top, you know, the best of. But when we are pulling them to do that or pushing them to do that, they're not trying to do it. They're feeling obligated or the expectation is that they need to be more than what they are to please us. And I talk to a lot of teens who are very frustrated. And when they don't do well in a game, they don't get upset because of them. They don't get upset because of their team. They get upset because they know their parents are going to get mad or be disappointed in them. And that's not a long-term motivational goal. <laughs> right. It's... Yes, most everybody's going to be average because that's what it is, right? And Or they're going to be average in something, right? What you have to find them within your kids and even within yourself is how do you get motivated to be great at something? Yeah. Um, at, at something that you're going to enjoy doing. And where are you going to find the passion for it? It's something I say to, you know, when I was teaching at the University of Florida, I would say to the students, find whatever you're passionate about and chase it. Chase it as hard as you possibly can. And if you find something you're passionate about, you know, back to the old saying, you'll never work a day in your life. But if you chase it, the money will follow and the things that you need to do will follow. But you've got to enjoy it first. And so when you're talking to your kids, ask them, what do they enjoy about it? What, what do they have a good time with it? 
Um, because even if they're a little bit average at that, they may keep playing it and be functional within sports for a long, long time and have a place within sports at a really high level. You know, right. like I, I, I've covered the NFL for over 30 years. There's, there's, you know, only a handful of guys at any one time who you just go, oh my God, that guy is, is such an amazing athlete that he can do anything he wants at any time, like a Deion Sanders, right? Or a Barry Sanders or a Bruce Smith, John Elway. Yeah. Okay. Most guys, once they reach the NFL, they're average talent by NFL standards. But the ones who keep chasing it and love it and are passionate about it can sometimes end up playing for six, seven, eight, 10, 12 years and make a great living out of it, make something you know special out of it, which most parents would dream about. And yeah. that's that's great. But are they passionate? Do they want to continue to chase it? Do they want to play through the pain and sacrifice that you have to do to be great? And that's whether you play football or whether you sell insurance. Yeah. I think piece of it, and and when I said average too, I think a lot of people are like, oh my God, no. And we say it as though it's a bad thing. And I think it, it's not because I think we now have this mentality that if you're not the best, then why do it? And I see a lot of kids that believe if they're not the best, and let's be real, <laughs> there's no, no one's the best at everything, right? right? How there's always going to be somebody that you're going to find better Then I might as well not play because I'm not the best. So I think we need to figure out how do we help our kids be motivated to do their best, even if it's not the best. I think that's where we're, where I'm seeing a lot of people struggle with. Well, I mean, look, you know, look I, Tom Brady Sr., the father of Tom Brady, wrote the foreword to this book. His son wasn't considered the best mm -hmm. in high school, wasn't considered the best on his own college team, really. Okay. Drew Henson, who most people on this podcast have never heard about, was considered a way better player at a certain time. He wasn't considered the best coming into the NFL draft, which is why he went 199. But be clear, Tom Brady was passionate about it. Yeah, And Tam, Tom Brady chased it because he loved it. And he loved it because his parents instilled in him, like, this is, this is fun. We're into it. We're there all the time. They built their schedules about being there for their kids, coaching their kids, making sure that all the other kids who were playing were having a good time. You know, that's one of the one stories that Tom Brady Sr. relates is, you know, he's, his son is playing at a parochial school, you know, in like fifth, sixth grade. Team's not very good. They only got two decent players. And the answer to him was not, okay, I'm going to take them out and I'm going to put them in another school where there are better players. The answer was make the other kids better. Yeah. You know, have them play so that they can raise their level and enjoy it. You know, get playing yeah. time, go out there and, you know, succeed because that that'll make the whole team better. It'll raise the whole level of the team if all the kids are enjoying it and having a good time at it. And I think that's when you see Tom Brady celebrating with his teammates. He gives so much credit to other people mm. because he understands what it takes to get there. But he also has this incredible passion to, yes, be the best to ever do it. And he's arguably the greatest quarterback of all time because yeah. of that.
you, you hear when you read like Michael Jordan's story, it's very similar to that, very parallel. I'm actually fin reading Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters book. Same thing, right? So he was really passionate. He was practicing on pillows because his mom couldn't afford it. For yeah. he didn't go out and buy the most expensive jump set or even get him lessons. He was so passionate about it. And mom sat there and said, I'm going to support whatever you do. Not right. pushing you, I'm supporting you. And it's such a big difference. And they have an incredible bond. I mean, if you ever seen yeah. Grohl with his mom, yeah, you know, amazing. and she comes out and does interviews, like th they're great together. And you can yeah. see that, you know, he trusts her so much. Or, yeah. you know, when you listen to Springsteen talk about his parents and how much his mother helped guide him, even though she had to, you know, return the first guitar. Okay, because they couldn't afford it anymore. Yeah. She was willing to feed his passion to be whatever he was, whatever he wanted to be. So, and again, we're talking about people who are sensational and reach the top, but those are great examples of people who are not necessarily jump off the 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 page as being great singers or great guitar players or you know, like Bruce doesn't have the greatest voice of all time, right? Neither does Grohl. But God, they they played it passionately, and you yeah. feel that in their music, just like yeah. you feel it in whatever somebody does. And again, as long as your kids are passionate about what they do, they're going to find success and enjoyment in, again, wh whether they're a rock star, an athlete, whether they're, again, an insurance salesman, an accountant, they're going to find something um, that's going to make it all worthwhile. Yeah. And that's what you want to do as a parent. You want to make sure that your kids have a full life and enjoy their life as much as possible and that they'll pass that on. If you can somehow do that, if you can somehow help them chase their passion in whatever they're going to do, it's going to be fine. And that's really, to me, like I, I look at my nephew who I helped raise and I, he was just visiting with us over the weekend and he's graduating from college. And if you had met him when he was age 11, and all the things that he went through, you would have said, there's no way this kid's going to make it to college, right? He's going to be lucky to have a, a kind of a menial job. And he's not the greatest student in the world, right? And, and I'm not saying that. And he doesn't go to an Ivy League college. I'm not saying that. But he's going to college, and he's chasing something that he really enjoys. And he's really, really happy. I love that. And I, you know, at age 11, when he came to live with us, I'm not sure that I would have bet on that happening. Yeah. What changed? For him? Yeah. We got him involved in activities and, you know, saw which ones worked and which ones didn't. Um, we let him be on his own a little bit. Like, I, I let him ride his bike around the neighborhood, you know, mm. on his own, right? Like, because he wanted to go out and adventure and discover things on his own. And he really liked that. And he liked to go ride his bike everywhere when he was 11, 12, 13. And my requirement to him was go do it. Or, you know, I let him go do it. I said, just tell me where you are and when you're going to be back. Right. And be, you know, and tell me. And then we, he'd come back and I'd say, okay, where'd you go? What'd you see? What'd you do? Mm -hmm. And so I was aware of where he was, where he was. Mm -hmm. Um, and I tried, you know, I tried to let him have a little bit of freedom, which he didn't have up until that. Yeah. Um, uh, when we got him involved in Boy Scouts for, for a short period of time, he liked it to a certain extent. He didn't like all of the activities. 
So unlike my two older boys who were both Eagle Scouts and, and went through the whole process, I was like, okay, you're going to take this out of Boy Scouts, but we're not going to do all the badges and we're not going to do um, the list of activities and I'm not going to push that on you and all that. You know, go do the camping because the camping is what you really, really enjoy. And when we got him into to rowing, it's okay. He really loved the working out. He didn't really necessarily understand the competitiveness of it once it got to that level. But okay, just like the working out, enjoy that part of it. And he was pretty good at it. And he would want to work with him because he would basically do whatever they asked him to do. He'd work as hard as 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 they asked him to work. And he became a really good teammate. And he overcame all of his sort of, you know, own social, you know, his social issues, his ability to socialize. Like right now, when he came came over this weekend and visited with us, he's talking to anybody. Like he'll just talk to anybody on the street about anything, you know, just something interesting. Whereas again, when I met him when he was 11 years old, I wasn't sure he could hold a conversation that would last more than three words. Not, not at all. And now he can talk to literally anybody about almost anything. And he's on his way to having the best life he can have. And that's all I could ever ask. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I think what I heard, you know, one word that really stuck out for me was the freedom to figure, you know, the freedom to explore who he was. And I think one thing that's really hard is we as parents often have an idea or we see a glimmer of talent in our kids that we go, there's their potential. Now I'm going to go push, push, push to reach that glimmer of talent that I've seen, which they may not have any passion towards. They may be naturally talented at it, but they might not have any passion towards rather than saying, let's give our kids a wide enough space to explore all kinds of different stuff and figure out what is they're passionate about rather than determining for them what we want them to be passionate about. Right. My, my young, my younger son, you know, he's, he's a decent basketball player when he was young. Right. He's now I knew he was never going to have the size to be a great basketball player. wasn't going to play in college or anything, but you know, like I saw potential that he could be a high school player, right. That if he had wanted to play um, and, you know, push, he didn't really like basketball. He like you know he liked to play and shoot with me and have a good time with me, but if I said hey you know go shoot you know three hundred shots to work on your jump shot, he wasn't really into it. Yeah, he liked playing ultimate frisbee. He liked to go to rowing. He liked to do those things. Those were where he found his friends and socialized and really enjoyed it. And that's where he found his physical fitness. You know, which I wasn't great at, but he did find it. I mean, you know, by the time he was a senior in high school, he was running a 430 mile. Okay. And but he didn't want to, want to be on the track team, but he really enjoyed working out. And he's kept himself in great shape because he really, really loved it. Yeah. And like that's a gift for him. That's that's something that he will take with him the rest of the life his life because he will I allowed him to say, okay, you want to go play ultimate frisbee and not, you know. There's no professional league in Ultimate Frisbee. There's no college scholarship in Ultimate Frisbee. There's no, you know, money to help me, you know, or <laughs> right. gain fame or any of those things in Ultimate Frisbee. 
but it was what he wanted to do. Yeah. And I gave him the freedom to go do it, enjoy it. I would take him there. I would go pick him up, just like with my nephew. You know, tell me where you're going. Tell me where you're going to be. But I'm allowing you the freedom to ride your bike and go out and be on your own a little bit and remove some of the things that you've been dealing with up until age 11 that yeah. seemingly hold you back. And, you know, we had, we had a good relationship. He could talk to me and that's blossomed ever since. Yeah. So what is one thing, especially, you know, you have, you're in the world of sports a lot. So I know you see a lot of this, but what is some advice or some tip that you want parents to walk away with? That's going to help their kids even when they see that there is a lot of parents are going, well, my kid's not motivated to do anything right now, or all my kids motivated to do is play video games, which I hear a lot. What do you tell parents in that situation? Look, if I've got, I hear one from a lot of people where they blame the coach for, for everything that's not going right. Okay, like, you know, the coach is too hard on my kid. The coach doesn't know how to talk to my kid. The coach doesn't know how to do this. So they want to interfere with the coaching. Um, and they want to vote on who the next coach is. Stay out of that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Guess what? Your kid's going to go to college probably. He's going to go work somewhere. He's going to meet a professor or a supervisor or a boss who he doesn't like. Yeah. You got to fight through that. That's just life, right? Now, you may be lucky enough, you own your own business and you can run yourself. That's great. Okay. You're still going to run into dealing with people that you don't like. Yeah. All right. Uh, you have to learn how to, how to overcome that. Now there's, there's a difference between that and, you know, an unsafe or an unhealthy coaching um, experience. You know, you have to monitor that. But just because your kid doesn't like that your coach says, hey, get your stuff together, you know, shut up and do the do what you're supposed to do. Don't get involved in that. Yeah. Understand it. Know it. Um, also, under, ask. I think it's always good. Ask your coach, what is he teaching and why is he teaching him this? Yeah. So that you can understand for yourself what is your kid going through. Yeah. And so that's how you how you best you're you're best off being involved and yeah not every coach is for every kid and you may end up taking him somewhere else but let him finish out the season let him learn from that experience let him or her learn from that experience of dealing with a coach who they may not like or you who you may not like yeah. all that much that's okay that's part of life and that's how you work through you work through this because if they really, again, if they really like what they're doing, if they really like rowing, you know, and both my kids, both of my sons dealt with this. They didn't necessarily like their rowing coach every year that they were involved in rowing because the coaches would change, mm -hmm. right? And I said, look, that's the way it is. This is what this coach is prioritizing, okay? Sorry if you don't like it, but that's what they're teaching. And if you like the sport, you'll stick with it. Well, they stuck with it. Overcome that kind of an obstacle. Don't make, don't take away the obstacles every single time that they come up because that's what parents want to do. They're like, oh, the obstacles are, are bad. They're just going to not make them want to do it and stuff like that. No, the obstacles are actually okay. Yeah. 
The, obstac the obstacles are good because if you want to overcome the obstacles, you'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. You like again, I come back to Tom Brady. You got some other freshman start. You're you're a senior and you got a freshman splitting time with you when you're a senior in college and you don't like it. Okay, outplay him. Yeah. You'd be better. Work at it. And that's what that's what Brady did. So basically back off. Back off. Be knowledgeable, <laughs> but back, be look, there's right. it's it don't back off doesn't mean not be un, be unaware. Right. Okay. Yeah, you, know, you want to be aware. You got to keep track of your, you, you know, the safety of your child. Yeah. You know, the health of your child is dependent on you being aware. But that doesn't mean you're in charge. Right. Okay. Or if you are in charge, make sure that you're not doing it just for your own kid. If you're coaching your own kid, you know, make sure that you're not just handing them everything. I have a friend of mine, we were talking about his son and he was sponsoring the league. He could actually pay for the whole football league, the youth football league, pay thousands of dollars. And his kid wanted to be number one, the actual number one on the team. Right. And they were like, no, the coaches award, you know, the coaches say who gets to wear uniform number one on your team. And they've given it to this other kid who earned it. You don't get to have it. And he was all bummed and everything else like that. He got number two. Well, he took that on and he, his nickname is now Dupes and he's 30 <laughs> years old. He's actually coaching in the NFL mm. and his people know him by Deuce and he takes pride in it. Mm. Well, he, instead of them handing him what he wanted mentally they told him no you listen yeah. to the coach you go and he's so passionate about football that he's made it his life's work yeah. he's working in the nfl now like those little tiny things can mean a lot and i mean that by itself is not the reason he's coaching the nfl but it's a reason that he's you know he he overcame some obstacle mentally yeah and kept going through it let yeah. you know let him deal with that yeah it's okay for them to struggle it's it's a good it, thing it, for them to struggle well they're going to struggle sometimes i know they got to learn how right <laughs> right yeah you got yeah you have to learn how to overcome stuff mm -hmm. and you have to learn you know you have to learn are you passionate enough to want to overcome it you know mm -hmm. you, you know when I was, I remember being in junior high and high school and not being, you know, one of the better math students, you know, at that level and then working my way through it until, you know, I became one of the better math students because I would sit there and work on the equations and work on the equations and work on the equations. Well, if you, you do, you become a, you become better at math, right? Yeah. It requires a lot of effort. You're just not, you're not going to just naturally be good at things. And the same thing with writing, you know, I haven't always been a great writer but i kept working at it because i like telling stories and you figure out how to tell stories and you figure out when can you be snarky and write a book that says shut up your kid's not that great versus telling a story about john elway and how his father jack elway um was a master at understanding passion was a master at, at understanding, okay, my kid's getting glorified when he's in college and high school and everything's easy for him and everybody's telling him he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. He's the number one 
um, you know, quarterback in the country, literally both in high school and in college, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell him to go sweep the garage. Mm. Yeah. Because I need to, I need to bring him back off of that pedestal so that he doesn't think that he's that great all the time. And so that he can be a better teammate when he needs to be a teammate. When after games, Jack Elway was great at this. He, 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 he would sit down with his son, John, after games. And they didn't talk about plays. They didn't talk about, okay, how did you throw that out pass? And, and Jack Elway was qualified. He was a football coach. He was a college football coach at the time. They didn't sit there and you know dissect all the plays. What they talked about is, what was your body language like? Mm. Were you a good leader on the field? When mm -hmm. a guy made a mistake, did you, you know, pat him on the back and tell him, you know, okay, let's get, let's, you know, do better. Let's be all right. You know, you're all right. What did you do? You know, and that made John Elway arguably one of the greatest teammates of all time. Like if you listen to Mike Shanahan, the coach from the Denver Broncos, he said, you know, John Elway was the greatest locker room quarterback that he ever had because he knew how to support his teammates. And that is mastered after years and years and years of talking to your, your father who knows and observes your leadership ability, knows what you need, need to do to, to handle your own fame and your own, you know, your own talent and to keep you part of what is, in my view, the ultimate team game. So let your children have the freedom to figure out their passion and do and motivate themselves to do it. Your job as a parent is to help them build character to surround that. That's part of it. Character to to overcome the obstacles, to enjoy it, to do the things that are necessary, to either be great as an individual at it, yeah, or to be a good teammate. If it's a team, if it's a team game, it's to feed that. And look, if your kid loves playing video games, and look, my kids love playing video games, my oldest especially, but even my youngest son, they really loved playing video games. I gave them the freedom to play video games. Okay. Get your work done, make sure this is done, but you know, but you know, play video games if that's really what you want. And if you want to play until two or three, that's okay in the in the morning. I'm not gonna stop you. But you better be ready to go practice in the morning or get yeah. to school. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, that there's there's a, a first priority. Make sure that those things are taken care of. And they learned how to prioritize and organize their life. And now they still play video games, but mm -hmm. They've learned how to prioritize it and yeah. know what is important for them. Yeah. So it like this isn't easy, you know. No, being a parent, being a parent, you can read a thousand books on parenting, uh, and I get it. I'm not, I'm not trying to re write that kind of book. Um, I'm trying to write the book where it's like, hey, look, just for a second, back off. Yeah. Just for a second, like think about what you're doing because it's not your activity. Right. You know, whether it's singing, whether it's acting, whether it is sports, whatever it is, they got to love it. Yeah. They got, they got to want to do it. Yeah. Um, and make sure that you think about how you're doing that for them. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that is beautiful. And it is a matter of you can be passionate about it, but if you're more stressed out about it than they are, that's a great sign that you are overstepping. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and I see oh, yeah. that a lot where parents are so stressed out about something. I'm like, 
but it's not yours to be stressed out about. Yeah, my look, my oldest kid, once he tried to, the first time ever he tried to row in a single, and I, go, I don't know anything about this stuff. But he starts a race and he hits, you know, it's a windy day, he hits a wave, he gets flipped over into the water. And I, you know, I kind of chuckled to myself because it was a little bit funny for him and I felt bad for him. But, but you know, the most important thing is he got back in the boat and he finished the race. Yeah. That's what I told him, you know, finish the race. You know, you're going to have bad things that are going to happen. You're going to yeah. get embarrassed sometimes when you do stuff. I mean, you know, I was in the band and I was playing my instrument and I couldn't finish the solo. Okay, I finished the song, but I couldn't finish the solo. I still think about it to this day. It yeah. bumps me out. Can't go back and do anything about it, but I kept playing. Yeah. Big deal. All right, we're going to close up. What is one last thing you want parents to walk away with from this episode? Um, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um, have fun with it. Enjoy yeah. it. You know, it's, it, you know, I've seen every kind of parent. I've seen the laissez-faire ones. I've seen the, you know, overzealous ones. Uh, I've been around them both personally. I've seen them at a distance. Um, do whatever you can to make it fun. Because if you make it fun, they'll keep doing it. Yeah. They will, really will. If they really enjoy playing they will keep playing they will yeah. keep doing even if they're average yeah even if they're average they will keep doing it and it's okay to be average as long as you enjoy it and you keep going and that's that's really the most important thing in all of this that is a great place to end i love that thank you jason i'm so grateful thank you, you can join us today absolutely take care Sure. And thank you, parents, for taking time out of your busy day to spend with us. I really appreciate you, too. If you found this episode enlightening, take a quick second to click the follow button, then forward it to a friend. And if you want more information on how to best support your teens, you can download my 10 top tips for raising teens at AskDrCam.com slash parenting tips. Until next time, stay curious. Remember, there's always more to the story than what you see. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.askdrcam.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.